Round, and this is all the guys to talk for Thursday, 18th of Jan uh, February 2021. Almost said January. Uh, obviously, I'm just gonna try to make to do this in one take because I am really busy and I obviously have to rush somewhere. But we're gonna we're obviously gonna have a lot to talk about today because a lot has come out in the past couple of days. But first, let's just talk about the Realme GT, uh, which is Realme's flagship phone that they're planning to launch. Now, we've been hearing a lot about the Realme GT, it was actually called Realme Race. But now the Realme GT 5G is a thing, and uh, now Realme have 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 posted on the Weibo account that they're releasing the phone on March 4th in China. So that's something definitely to look forward to. Now, interestingly, Realme UK have also chimed in almost today, really, uh, coding will it speed to the UK? So essentially, they're also teasing the Realme GT. Also, we now. Aside from the launch date now, we don't know much about this phone, aside from the fact that it has 12GB of RAM, 256GB of storage, and will have 120Hz display and 125W uh, fast charging at the gate. Um, so definitely cannot wait for March 4th. Uh, it'll definitely be exciting to see how far they're willing to defy the odds. Uh, this will be an affordable flagship, I mean if they do price it well under $700, which could be the possible price, five to 700, then it could do wonders, as I said. So that's something to look forward to. Moving past, uh, this one, this tidbit came from, this almost came like the same, like on Tuesday, but we kind of skipped past it. OnePlus Nord, OnePlus's Nord series of phones, the N10 and N100, are selling really well in the US, if uh, research is to be believed. Wave 7 Research have claimed that OnePlus now has 15% of the market share on uh, on T-Mobile's affordable sub-brand Metro Mobile, uh, and apparently, basically, what that means is that OnePlus uh, has 15% has has a rough market share of 15% of all phones sold from that carrier. Uh, this is on this is competing against brands like Motorola, which is owned by Lenovo and Blue and stuff, which is interesting. Now, if it's now if now if we're to believe that say 15 million phones are sold by the subcarrier by this uh, MVNO, you could say, then OnePlus already has shipped or sold two million. So this means that OnePlus is gaining market share in the low and mid end parts of the U.S. market. On top of the premium flagships that they're known for, they're chasing affordable consumers. Uh, compared, uh, as I said, uh, competing with the likes of Samsung, I think it's really cool. But as I said, um, interestingly, Metro by T-Mobile uh, allows people to get the Nord N10 and N100 free of charge without any upfronts uh, on a contract. Uh, but as outside of that, it co the N10 is roughly $300 and N100 is $380 as it is for the uh, phones. So that's kind of interesting to say the least. But um, so this speaks to the success of OnePlus, as I said, and this is interesting in the fact in the back of Carl Pei kind of quitting OnePlus and starting his own company, nothing, which is interesting, nothing essential. <laughs> uh, but more than that, uh, what, what Max Max Weinbach almost the same day has written, tweeted that OnePlus Nine and Nine Pro will be on team will be available on T-Mobile in the United States. So if you are a OnePlus fan in the U.S., it is a really great time to have a OnePlus phone. It works on a T-Mobile network, and uh, I believe it should work on other networks. I think it came to Verizon, I believe. Oh well. So that's that. 
LG is looking to create a foldable display for Apple, for, for a foldable iPhone. We've been hearing a lot of news about foldable iPhones and how that Apple may be looking to build one in the next couple of years and they're going to release a foldable iPhone. Part of me thinks that, I don't know, that uh, uh, will they basically make a foldable? I mean, part of me thinks like it's too early for Apple to get into foldables. The, technolo the display technology is not perfect yet. And also the use cases are just not there. I f they could do a rollable iPhone, but I don't know. There are a lot of moving parts. I mean, Apple would probably want a perfect foldable that has no scratches, that is still strong, and costs a thousand dollars, obviously, because it's Apple. But if we believe DigiTimes, a DigiTimes reports that Apple has commissioned LG Display, the display division of LG that makes wonderful OLED displays and stuff, to make a foldable panel for a future iPhone model, which is going to happen. So apparently. LG's R&D department essentially are tasked by Apple to create a foldable OLED display that Apple will use in their foldable iPhone. And this is on top of obviously uh, details we've been hearing that Apple's looking to build a foldable phone in 2023 to compete. Uh, and also with it, uh, you'll have out be able to use the Apple Pencil, which is interesting. As I said, this is some. This is th these are early details. These are early days, pretty much. Um, uh, we're, you're going to hear more about the foldable iPhone. I mean. It's gonna take a good amount of time for them to perfect the technology. Part, part of me thinks like it's it's. I mean, but hey, LG is making a display, and I'm pretty excited psyched because LG makes some pretty good displays. And I think uh, and but the thing is, it's gonna take a good while for Apple. I think you won't see a foldable iPhone before 2025. Very long time, but they gotta perfect the folding display mechanisms and the operating systems gotta be seamless and fluid that you can turn a little iPhone into. A, into a big screen. I feel like it could, I, if I were to imagine, it would be a bit like the Huawei Mate X, like a screen on the back and the front, and you pop it out, and it creates this kind of seamless, um, you know, it, it, it would have the design language of a Surface surface Fold, a Surface Duo, if, you, if you've seen those phone, that phone, and it, would, and it would have a mechanism quite like the Huawei Mate X, and the Mate X2 that's about to come out, no, the Mate X, original one. So it would, and it would essentially have a seamless, clean design, and as I said, the software would be tweaked and perfected to enable a foldable device. I think the competition is going to make them do it. They 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 really don't want to do a foldable, but I feel like they're going to have to do it because the competition is going to get hot, and obviously they'll have to maintain those AR those juicy ARPUs that makes Apple one of the key players in the smartphone business, top the leading player with some of the highest average revenue per user. Uh, numbers compared to any other player in the smartphone business so they'll have to do it like 5g they'll have to roll it out quickly because of the competition it's quite aggressive so early days I mean it may or may not happen and that's that's for sure it's, it's I mean the, ju the jury's still out on on a foldable iPhone that's for sure so we've been hearing a lot about the Oppo Find X3 and the phone's been leaked and everything and all that good stuff and now we have a Geekbench score that been leaked out so uh, the Oppo Reno 3, uh, Oppo Find X3, sorry, the Find X3, has got a single-core score on Geekbench for a 4,280 and a multi-core score of 12,843. Now, this is obviously the production pre-production model, so the final numbers or result could be different. But interesting, it was posted two days back, and as I said, uh, what has given it away is that it has a really big chunk of RAM. I'd say eight gigabytes of RAM. So it has the RAM. Interestingly, it mentions it, it has an 8 core Qualcomm processor. 8 core Qualcomm processor. What am I talking about? Uh, that's written here. 
and um, that could possibly be the, its mid-range processor, which is the 870. Uh, that's like a lower down chip from the 888, but oh well. Uh, we'll wait for next month, hopefully, when the full details of the uh, Oppo Find X3 come out, and that'll be exciting, to say the least. Samsung is doing an event on March the 2nd, um, and they're going to show off their latest and greatest TVs. Um, they've shown a bunch of teasers, uh, especially from their recycled... Obviously, how their uh, TV boxes are recyclable, and they've shown it off of CES 2021, the virtual CES 2021, where they've shown off like uh, uh, TV remotes essentially self-charged through it because it's like you know calculator has a solar panel just like you know calculators have. If you use one of those, and they charge in the background where there's light, and so that saves battery life and it's battery powered. And on top of that, obviously, the boxes are recyclable make cat's house out of it pet house if you want to do that but obviously at this event samsung's looking to show off a bunch of their micro led and qled tvs that they're known for and yes samsung makes quantum dot and micro led tvs so uh, not much information but as i said uh, definitely uh, definitely the one to watch out for so yeah i think that was everything we covered really um i mean if we'd missed something by the time you probably watch listening to this, obviously more has come out, but oh well. So, yeah. Um, Huawei have uh, teased, once again, teased the Mate X2. Uh, so they've uh, posted a little post on Weibo and showed off the uh, the Mate X2 possibly being this kind of fold-out position, similar to Galaxy Fold phones. And so that's probably a big teaser that uh, to the design of the Mate X2 uh, we don't, again, the thing about Huawei is we, we've not heard much about Huawei phones, obviously, in a while. But on top of that, uh, it shows off the Mate X2 with this kind of fold-out design. And um, I don't know what it says in Chinese, but um, but it obviously, but the picture should tell a thousand words, like most things out there, that the phone will essentially be a fold-out. Obviously, Huawei's Mate X was this unique design where the where the, the display was like curved all around the phone, uh, and then you literally press the button at the back to pop it out and stretch out the display. Whereas this variant will basically be just like the Galaxy Fold, uh, Z Fold, you could say Z Fold Two, in that it'll just open up. I think it'll be better for durability because you know the the, the previous design Huawei was a bit more practical, and uh, you know it it revol it revolved around one single display, but hey uh, I think the this design could be a bit more durable uh, because it won't <laughs> beg your pardon I just burped again uh, but uh, you know the this design could be a bit more durable because it won't make the display scratch and stuff and obviously if you've used the Z Fold 2 you know how cool the outer display inner display effect means you'd use your phone a little less often you want to do some big action you know big work or big you know, bin, big binge watching session or anything like that, or browsing, pop out a bigger display, but then, you know, you phone someone or you know, text message, um, you use WhatsApp or Signal or something, you just use the outer display. I don't know about you, the design is quite subjective. The fold out and curved out display like to where the outer fold and inner fold, it's quite subjective. It depends on what type of person you are. Uh, the original Mate X was quite practical. It was quite expensive, actually. It was it was very limited and quite expensive. But also, it, it had a practical design, if you know what I mean. Because it, because you, you you still have your phone with you, you could use all your display easily. And then the back area of the outer fold kind of phone, the camera, you'd have a easy viewfinder, theoretically. Uh, but yeah, 
um, it's quite fascinating that they're going for this inner uh, fold-out, inner fold-out design, as I like to say, uh, which is interesting because I think um, you know that makes a ton of sense. It, I think it helps with phone addiction, if you know what I mean. I mean, uh, but uh, can't wait for next week. If only next week can come sooner. Probably by next Thursday, we'll we'll find out more about the Mate X2, possibly. So, uh, fun times ahead in this regard, if you think about it. Let's talk about gaming. I mean, we don't really bring up gaming, but, well, we probably have plenty to talk about. Nintendo did its uh, Nintendo Direct event. Obviously, everyone in the world, if you're a Nintendo fan, you know that Nintendo, instead of doing big old keynote events or anything of that nature, Nintendo tends to do these little online streams directly ad- addressing fans obviously fans and gamers everywhere about the new about new titles from nintendo current updates to games and much much more little details they're sharing and this is obviously uh this is probably the first uh, nintendo direct of 2021 and obviously they're showing off all the games that they're planning to launch this year and in the coming year and obviously uh stuff later on in the future um quite quickly i want to mention play of they've shown off plenty of new games over here First of all, they showed off a new remaster. This is for all the Zelda fans out there. So there was a V. There's a there was a second V title of Zelda. It was called Legend of Zelda Skyward Skyward Sword. Um, and I and you'd probably remember on the Wii because it ha- again you needed to have a remote and I think a nut check and you'd have to like you and you'd take roll of of Link sort of um, batting off monsters. Now, fortunately enough, um, there, there's now a remaster of this wonderful Wii title, uh, an HD remaster of this game. Now you play at 1080p 60 frames a second. Obviously, the Switch can do 1080p 60 frames a second, and obviously uh, that Link's motions can now be done with two Joy Cons. I think that speaks to the power of uh, it. Speaks to the power of um, the Switch, really. That it, you could play your way, really, uh, and. For and if you don't and if you don't want to move your sword around, you can use the you can actually use the little thumbsticks to move a sword and obviously take action. So that's interesting. So this is a fascinating uh, remaster. On top of it, obviously the Irish dropping some limited edition uh, Joy Cons, Joy Cons obviously featuring uh, feature in Legendary Zelda with Zelda emblems and obviously the the color the paint, uh, which is really really cool. Um, now, they didn't bring up, and speaking of Zelda, they didn't bring much about Breath of the Wild 2, which is the sequel, a rated sequel, uh, uh, to the hit Switch title, uh, Breath of the Wild, so definitely we'll have to wait for that, and, uh, I've heard about Link's Awakening, and it, I think it did come, one second, I mean, the thing is I'm not into gaming, so, like, I mean, I've lost track, but, uh, but yeah, um, but it's interesting that Nintendo is obviously obviously this is a trend in gaming that a lot of remakes are being done. On top, speaking of remakes and pipe ports, uh, on top of that, this is another remake. As I said, there is a really cool title, uh, Famicom Detective Club. Uh, that's getting a Switch remake, and obviously with updated graphics, and obviously for the Switch, in that regard. And on top of this, if uh, as you can get through this real fast, uh, and obviously we're getting tons of ports of games. Uh, Apex Legends is going to hit and is going to get a Switch port next month, which is really cool. Uh, definitely one to look out for. A really cool game that I've heard a lot about, and I don't know what it is really. Legend of Mana. If I get, if I type this in, hopefully something 
interesting. Oh, this is the oh the if you if you've played this game, Legend of Mana, originally on the PlayStation, uh, this it's getting a remake uh, for the Switch, which is interesting. So a remaster, really really cool. Uh, but actually, it's going to come out in June on June twenty fourth. So if you are into MMORPGs, is one to look out for. Uh, there's also probably a, a port of a port of Tales of from the Borderlands is also going to be coming, and on top of this, um, if I could find more, that is, um, and then there is uh, and also speaking of ports, uh, Fall Guys the absolutely hit sort of uh, party game that uh, that everyone played. And we're all stuck at home. Uh, that's getting a port. Uh, that's getting a switch port, obviously, uh, and it's going to be coming later in the summer, about a whole year after the game came out. So that's kind of interesting, to say the least. But we're, we're probably, I'd say, one part of a Nintendo Direct is really the new games that have come out. Uh, so Splatoon Three. There's a sequel to Splatoon, a really good VU title. It got a sequel for the Switch when the Switch kind of came out. Still remember it. And there's Splatoon Three. So there's, um, so. There's nothing much is shown in the trailer aside from a new map, um, and from a new map, pretty much. So uh, we'll have to definitely see in the next couple of months. But it is say it's a launch next year, so we have plenty of time until 2022 to find out how great this game will pretty much be. And then another interesting game uh, that kind of been announced: Mario Golf Super Rush. Really cool. There is a story mode. There's regular, obviously, golf mode. You can play as Mario and Luigi and obviously everyone else in the and the whole Mario gang. Uh, but also, there's like a really funny. Uh, then also, there's like a party mode. So you speed golf. So you like run, run through the course, and try to like hit a par and then go back and do it again and again and try to just beat everyone. But it's typical Mario. It's just so much party fun and again fun to play with friends virtually or in person. You know. In, in person or obviously virtually so that's that um, that's kind of interesting and then there's I think there's Metopia that's coming to to it oh and uh, and if you're a monster if you love Monster Hunter the Monster Hunter Rise will be dropping on March 26th so that's definitely uh, kind of a game to look forward to I've it's been forever since I've played Monster Hunter so so that's something to look forward to um, EA have EA now then at the event EA showed off a new game that they've been they worked on called Knockout City, and that's gonna be dropping on May twenty first. And it's kind of like a multiplayer game, uh, where you essentially throw dodgeballs at people in like this kind of virtual world. I don't think it's battle royale. It's something to do with battle royale. So uh, that's that was interesting, um, to say the least. Um, but yeah, uh, really interesting set of of games. Oh, oh, I mean, and, um, wait, where, where was it? Hang on. Oh, and I forgot to mention, um, if y'all play Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, get ready, there's new characters joining the roster. Uh, Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles, really good MMORPG. Why am I calling everything MMORPG? What is it? Xenoblade is, is what? Let's see. Chronicles, see, what? is this it's an rpg so these two characters from the super famous rpg are going to be in the roster in super smash bros so you're able to get this actually as a dlc i think in the second fighters pass and you'll get it next month which is kind of cool so um yeah really if you think about it uh, oh and, and on top of that 
another really good game. Uh, Hyrule. Where is it? Um, Hyrule. Warriors Age of Calamity is getting expansion plus. Don't know what you're getting in that, but um, you're getting you're gonna get uh, two new DLC through November through to November, and will be twenty bucks to get. So if you are interested, you can go for that if you want to. If you're into the game, I mean, um, but honestly, really cool uh, seeing that they, that there's obviously in the the they new Zelda remaster. Uh, obviously, really good V. Uh, a really good V Zelda game to play on the Switch now, with obviously the HD graphics and the controls, which is interesting. And obviously, uh, and then the two Splatoon three and obviously Mario Golf Super Rush. That's exciting. I mean, that's definitely uh, worth waiting for to play. Oh, and uh, Mario Golf, uh, the Mario Golf game though, it's gonna be coming out on June twenty fifth. So that's not far from now. So. Again, Nintendo has plenty of games, uh, draw, uh, plenty of games uh, for this year and obviously the next coming year. Um, obviously, there'll probably be way more, uh, to say the least. So, yeah. Oh, and I quickly wanted to kind of mention that on March nineteenth, you're able to get a physical. If you want, if you really want to go get a physical copy of Hades, you're able to do so uh, straight away. On top of that, it's like a collector's edition kind of, because you not only get the physical copy, you also get a little book with game art and obviously the download code to the soundtrack, which is really really cool. So, uh, I mean, uh, the the three games I've kind of mentioned. Uh, sort of here and, and and obviously new characters to Super Smash Bros. It's kind of exciting frankly so um, I mean uh, But I well, you know what really would love is like a new a switch pro would would it'd be awesome if they do bro drop the switch pro That would help that would make it really cool. So yeah, I mean that was my kind of Juggled up look at what happened at Nintendo Direct I mean, uh, definitely psyched for the Mario Golf game and Splatoon 3. Splatoon 3, though, hopefully there is new modes and maps to play. I mean, I haven't played Splatoon, frankly, so uh, but I've heard really good things about it. It's a fun, fun little game. Nintendo really makes fun games. That's why I'm kind of a fan of them, to be frank. You, I mean, you, good luck beating me at Mario Kart, okay? I mean, I actually played, I actually played a whole session of Mario Kart on the Switch. Really good game, and the Switch, one of the best consoles Nintendo made by far. I really. Um, like I mean, we haven't heard much about the Switch Pro, but hopefully it is obviously worth the long wait. I mean, um, then the best part about Switch, you can go get a Switch now if you really want to play all these games. It's not sold out like the PS5 and Xbox Series X. <laughs> so yeah, definitely if you want to switch up your game experience, you know where to go. I mean, I, I, I promise I'll stop with the puns. And finally. Uh, McLaren has dropped a brand new car. Now, we don't talk much about, again, like gaming, we don't talk about cars because I don't have a car, I don't drive that much, and I'm not experts in cars. But I just love cars, I mean, it's just nice, especially if it's a McLaren. McLaren has a brand new car that they've just showed off, which is called the Artura, which is a actual vehicle you'll get to buy later on this year. It'll be, it'll be shipping out to customers later this year if you order it now. Uh, so, the Artura... Atura, what's unique about the Atura is it's actually one of is it's McLaren's first hybrid supercar. Now, weirdly enough, like most brands and most supercar brands of its caliber, uh, McLaren has been making regular diesel and petrol, you know, supercars and stuff that have a full fat engine. Whereas McLaren has created this one of a kind first ever hybrid. Now, interestingly, this is going to be a production 
vehicle that you're able to get, buy from McLaren, from their dealerships, anywhere in the world, really, compared to their previous uh, previous hybrids that they've had code on code, like the Speedtail and the I think the P1 have been uh, ha- are concept vehicles and like limited run vehicles, whereas this one is like a proper permanent vehicle you're able to run out and buy. Um, now, having looked at the pictures and obviously seen a video or two about it, it is a quite an interesting uh, vehicle. It is a hybrid and features a uh, features a three liter three liter V six petrol engine uh, combined with a ninety five. Hang on, let me just like uh, with a it doesn't mention the electric bat with a seven point four kilowatt battery system, uh, which has a ninety five Pascal uh, PS e motor, which gives you two hundred twenty five newtons per meter torque. Uh, so that literally means that the car itself overall can do 0 to 100 in about 3 seconds, 0 to 200 in 8.3 seconds, and 0 to 300 in 21.5 seconds, and has a maximum uh, speed, um, let me just uh, get myself corrected up here, and has a maximum speed of I believe 200 and, and why isn't this showing here? has a maximum speed of 330 kilometers per hour long kilometers miles you can do the math here um, uh, overall it has uh, it, and because it's a hybrid vehicle it boasts a mile per gallon of roughly 50 uh, miles per gallon which is which is surprising um, this is this would also which would nearly make it match some of the best hybrids in the market I mean it's no match for a Prius but again not bad for the first vehicle from McLaren pretty much so you have uh, so overall you have essentially a M630 uh, V6 engine as 2,993 cc a twin turbocharged hybrid powertrain with ax- axial flux electric motor you get an overall horsepower of 680 hertz purse. Out of it, 585 is from a petro- 7,500 RPM petrol engine, and 95 is from an electric motor straight away. So that's the overall power, so it is a beefy. It's a quite a beefy car. Uh, and as I said, it, the structure is quite cool. It essentially has, it obviously has, um, if I could find the information behind it, that is... It essentially has a car. It has a new carbon lightweight architecture, uh, so that's interesting. So, on top of that, a, the engineering is in- interesting. Really, it has a low nose cap forward high tail stance. So, so that's interesting. But, but um, essentially, there is air air ducts on the front on the front of the car. They kind of pass through straight through the door handles. So the do- overall door body is like shrinked to sort of a little area, but there's like a little air take, and it goes all the way to like to the back of the car, so it hits the engine, and that helps to kind of cool down a really hot engine. And then the engine itself is pushed out with the really strong air. So overall, the aerodynamics it's it's quite aerodynamic in that regard, uh, to really cool that very hot uh, hybrid engine. So interestingly. And also, if you look and you go inside the car, it's really cool. Um, apparently, now I watched one video, um, and it had Roy Reed on it, a very famous British car reviewer, and he and he mentioned how the interior is more practical, which I think I would definitely agree with. It looked it looked a whole lot more practical, a little bit had a, because of the aerodynamics and obviously the hybrid engine. It had uh, it obviously had way more space than usual, which is interesting. 
So, um, so the seats are essentially such that you, you 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 adjust them. You can even bring them upwards, so you have more you have more view of the road. But also the design is way more. There's more little more space compared to a regular uh, regular McLaren, say a 720s. You're not squished completely. So that's that. So you have these club seat sports. So again, quite sporty to start with. Uh, you have so with it you get a 10-way adjust adjustment, and they're heated. Which is really good. So apparently, the again because they're made of almost made of carbon fiber, so they're nine point five kilograms lighter than a regular uh, luxury seat, which is kind of interesting. This isn't this is standard pretty much. So yeah, but on top of that, the steering wheel and the and the 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 dash and the touchscreen didn't go they didn't go bananas on the design. They just kept it elegant, you could say, still sporty but elegant, I'd say. So they had an eight inch touchscreen sort of, and had a dial on the side, and sort of. It's kind of like it. It sort of pops out of the of the of the dash, uh, so it's like not. It's not stuck to like say a, like a Model S. So if you can grip it, and when you're driving on when you're with your left hand and like di controlling the 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 touch screen, like you can still kind of play with the touch screen and con control functions and stuff. And obviously down there, now interestingly, where you have your shift and gears, you'd have they've put it to little knobs right on the steering wheel. Right on this front uh, steering wheel screen, you could say. Um, there's got to be a name for this. Yeah, this uh, on the in right next to the instrument cluster are two little cute little knobs that apparently are inspired by uh, similar knobs on Lexus, which is interesting. Little cute little knobs there, a bit like baby sort of, you know. So you could push these dials and essentially adjust your uh, transmit your speed. Uh, you can obviously uh, control your gear and. Um, I'll just read from the press uh, release here. So, um, where is it? The rocket switches for powertrain handling modes are at their fingertips, being side mount by being mounted either side of the binnacle, which is interesting. So, while you're driving on your one hand, you can like, switch your handling, so it gives you that kind of uh, you can that kind of uh, control and and performance. So, it absolutely is stunning if you look in the pictures, and the touchscreen is really really cool. I mean, it looks a bit more practical and there's a bit more space, and that's interesting, to say the least. So, um, so you have, and also if you speak to, if you speak about, if you're talking about the in-car dash, um, the dash system stereo, really, you can do CarPlay and Android Auto out of the gate, which is not bad, and um, and has and they've put plenty of really cool bits and bobs. Uh, you get a USB-C port. So if you're into that stuff, so you know chargers. Hmm. Uh, but interestingly, um, the carbon the carbon fiber chassis was used to amplify the low frequency sounds into the into the cabin. So there's like less noise, pretty much. So that's interesting. Um, so it's an absolutely unique uh, hybrid, I'd say. There's not it's it's quite nothing quite like it. Um, but yeah, the the one ish the pictures they've shown the car in uh, uh, features the flux green de design. It was a bit like sneakers if sneakers were a car. But obviously they have other colors. Obviously, um, unique colors, orange and gray, which are interesting. But you're able to get in 15 different ex exterior paint colors, which is interesting. Uh, and you can even add carbon fiber to it because McLarens look really. Um, how do I say it? McLarens look stunning in carbon fiber. Part part of me thinks this way. 
There are many, many supercars on it where you slap carbon fiber and it looks dope, but McLaren, it feels more amazing because of the, because of its overall aerodynamic design. It's aggressive uh, looks, really. This, this is a bit softer compared to the 720S, in my own opinion, uh, from the looks of it, um, you know. Um, so you got 19 or 20 inch wheels, 19 and 20 inch wheels to start with. Uh, you got a lot of technology, obviously. Uh, you get P0 tire, you get Pirelli P0 tires out of the gate, so that's not bad. You can obviously pick the tires you want later on, which is not bad. You get a six piston front monoblock, four piston rear uh, brakes, which is interesting. Apparently, this is uh, Formula One inspired, uh, which is kind of crazy to say the least. On top of that, you have electronically controlled differential, which is interesting. Uh, so that you get obviously more advanced, uh, you know, driving control. Overall, you have rear suspension, which is not bad, to say the least. So that's that. But man, we got to talk about the fact why is this car unique, really, and that is because it's a hybrid. Now, the hybrid part is interesting. So uh, on top of having this three-liter engine, you have a 95 horsepower uh, e-motor that gives you 225 newtons uh, newton meters torque. Uh, along with a 5-module lithium-ion battery, 7.4 kilowatt-per-hour battery, gives you 30 kilograms, uh, sorry, why did I say kilograms? You get 30 kilograms of electric-only range. In fact, surprisingly, again, based on Roy Reed's video, which is the Auto Trader video I watched early, uh, your car, if you drive the uh, the Autora straight out of the gate, we open, start running the car, it'll be in electric-only mode. And I did some math about distances, really, uh, about, say, from my home in Bahrain to, let's say, the nearest supermarket. Uh, it has plenty of charge for everyday errands, really, not for long, long, you know, long road trips or something. You'll need the diesel engine, but the diesel, but the petrol engine is there for high performance to give you that inc impressive monster performance. But the battery, the electric, obviously, the electric part of here is for everyday usage. And again, it gives... The Artur much better miles per gallon and efficiency, uh, so it's kind of there out of the game. And fun fact: the air cons are running on the battery, which is crazy, really. So that uh, that makes it a bit more environmentally friendly. But ironically, being a hybrid, uh, you literally—if uh, I could find the specs real quick—I uh, read this some. Uh, uh, thanks to obviously this hybrid arrangement, you get a CO2 emissions. This is the. WLTP EU standard, you get 129 grams per kilogram. This is the estimated, obviously, in real real world uh, numbers would be different. So yeah, take this with a grain of salt. You will see your mileage may vary, but it's kind of interesting. Um, so you get 30 to 30 kilogra kilograms of regular uh, battery consumption uh, using just electric motors. Uh, but overall, the combined uh, hybrid powertrain gives you zero to 100 in three seconds one of the fastest cars out there uh so that's kind of impressive and this car is like under 1,500 1,600 kilograms so about one less than 1.6 tons which is phenomenal and you get four powertrain modes you get e-mode comfort sport and track which is interesting e-mode is default for the car itself which is bananas so you run the cars on electric. I mean, I don't think your 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 Prius lets you do that. If I'm gonna be honest with you, uh, this car will start running in electric, all electric mode from the get go. But obviously, you could switch to full hybrid mode with the diesel, with the uh, with the petrol engine and give you immense power and speed, which is interesting. So, 
I mean, it's more aerodynamic, and obviously it is McLaren's first hybrid, which is not bad. Um, and as for the powertrain, it is power, it is cooled using a high temperature radiator ra- radiator circuit, uh, which is uh, and uh, and two new medium temperature radiators, which is essentially fed with an air intake. Uh, so not freaking bad. Um, so they've done a lot of tweaking here, and they made it much much better. Um, and it has and essentially and the engine sits in this hundred and twenty degree like hot V format. So essentially, it's like it's and it sits on the back of the car, not to the front of it, unlike, I mean, like most supercars. So, not bad, I mean, this is, this is quite an interesting car, to say the least. So, um, I mean, it has peak speed of 7,500, um, RPM, which is not too shabby. This is way faster than your regular Prius, so, I mean, so, if you're wondering, uh, how much this car will cost, now in the UK, this car will will start from roughly a um, hundred. Uh, where did it go? Data is going all over the place here. I'm reading off the press release from McLaren, which is interesting to say the least. So the McLaren Autura will cost 185. Will start from 185,500 pounds in the UK. Fair in Bahrain, this car will be available for 98,000 dinars. So 98k for McLaren. That's elect. Uh, that's almost hybrid. Thirty kilometers electric. Not bad. Uh, so uh, I mean, so you get some really good specs, and it'll be available. Be and you and deliveries will be available later this year. So not uh, too shabby. I kind of stretched it with the car really, but it is such an interesting car. It's really lovely. This is the first hybrid for God's sake. This is impressive for a hybrid. Obviously, hybrids are not really all that environmentally friendly if you think about it. I mean, um, this compared to a Tesla Model S played, I mean, well, what you don't get in a Tesla is the F1 engineering that, that McLaren does in their cars, the aerodynamics, the looks. I mean, until Tesla has like a crazy design studio, you weren't able to get such sleek supercars. This is a supercar, but this as a hybrid is not bad. Obviously, well down into the future, uh, there's obviously going to be biofuels, and on top of biofuels, uh, you obviously electric charging. I mean, this is 30 kilometers on le- uh, using electric motors. It's not bad for for a supercar. I mean, that's enough for regular errands, really, depending on where you live. So yeah, I mean, it is an impressive hybrid, really. I mean, it's not sadly it's not fully electric, so I'm kind of disappointed. But hey, uh, after all this time, they finally got a hybrid out into the world, which is not too shabby to say the least so so is a really it's it's just a good supercar really it's it's i like that it's practical they kept it a bit practical like the space for you to kind of sit back and drive like a like a boss and also as i said the carbon fiber and the aerodynamics i think this is why i love mclaren the the, the carbon fiber on their end is really good like like that one this makes tons of sense quite a solid car you know like you don't feel like you're i mean we don't know much about carbon fiber in cars, but again, they, they seem to be bosses in this regard. But yeah, I, as I was saying about that tour, really, it's a hybrid, but really down the future, if you start to use biofuels a lot or synthetic fuels, you're able to kind of neutralize this car uh, carbon-wise. But I feel like they could bring an all-electric model, but not bad for this being the first hybrid. I mean, I mean, it is it is 
acquire a really cool car like uh, and you and you're able to start driving this later in the year when they do deliver it so yeah i mean uh, definitely would love to drive this car actually and and take it for a spin i mean mclaren if you're listening can you you guys let me a test drive you know i mean oh well a really cool car to say the least what do you think of everything you've heard so far let me know on instagram and twitter uh Send me a message there. I'm at Sade underscore mom 99 Follow me there if you can. And yeah, uh, don't forget to tell your friends to, to, to listen to this podcast. Share it to them. Share it to your friends and family, whoever you know. Uh, let them know that I do this thing twice a week and I talk about technology, cars, everything in between. And, and, and you know, games and everything really that people love. Uh, so till next week, uh, this is your boy uh, signing out. Peace. Stay safe. Take care. Have a great day, and I'll hopefully we'll see you next week on Tuesday. We'll probably have more phones to talk about and cars and stuff, because we all talk about phones and cars, right? They're just really good. Oh, well, uh, take care, and uh, I'll see you next week. Uh, this is your boy, Moan, uh, you know, signing out, you know, me. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. All right? Ciao. Bye.